Welcome back to the Hockey House Pod, episode 89, presented by Optimex Sports. I'm your host, Mackenzie Murphy, as we bring you the latest news from around the ACHA and the CHF. A little bit of an odd week last week, recording at a different time. Boys weren't able to make it. Jack Wren filled in for us. But Glick, glad to have you back in the studio. Yeah, it's great to be back. Very excited to be talking about the ACHA, especially as the season kind of comes to an end and we approach playoffs, which kind of reminds me, Temple has clinched playoffs, so we are very excited to go down to Annapolis the first week of March. That'll be exciting. I feel like that's a pretty good venue to to have it in. I'm assuming you guys are going to be playing at, at Navy's Arena? Yeah, we're playing at McMullen Arena. I, I always forget the name, but that is just such a great rink, and I feel like it's definitely way better than the Igloo, which we hosted last year. So it's going to be very exciting to go back down there for one last time. And you mentioned that's the first week in March. We were going to get to it in a bit here, but Navy became the first team to clinch a spot at Nationals. They got the auto bid in your conference by winning the regular season title. They actually went undefeated this year. Talk a little bit about how good that Navy team is. I always hate, I'm, I'm sure Collins agrees. If he was here, he would agree with me. We hate talking about how great Navy is, but honestly, they are just so, such a tough team to play against because they're just, I mean, no other team in the ACHA is waking up every day and running 13 miles before breakfast. You know what I mean? There's a reason they're as good as they are. Even though we do hate them in the ACHA, we always hope that they do their best in nationals and try and sh- um, put the ECHA kind of in a good light. Yeah, definitely an impressive feat for them going undefeated in conference play this year and um, looking forward to uh, watching the ECHA playoffs later in March. Herm, you're back with us this week. Another busy week in Utica. Yeah, kind of hectic. You know what? I'd say less hectic than usual because right now we're on the all-star break and for the first time in a long time, we don't have a middle of the week Wednesday game, which has kind of provided the office with some much needed relief. Eventful day, at least it worked though. I can say confidently I, I experienced the thing that every sports photographer dreads, which is getting hit in the face today. That sucked. I was photographing on the bench for UCFC and Gio Giovanni Alves uh, launched a ball up the boards and happened to hit the side of the camera directly into my face. Lucky that it was only a minor bruise. It's not a complete shiner. Lucky I'm not missing an eye right now because it could have been significantly worse. As much of the bench can attest to, the first thing I did was check to make sure my eye was still there. The second thing I did was to look at my camera's photo history to see if I had gotten a photo of the ball coming at me, which I didn't, which I am sorely disappointed about. You know what? We always, we always keep it interesting up here. Look on the bright side. At least you didn't get a slap shot to the face from Utica Comets defenseman. Yeah, yeah. Tyler Watherspoon slap shot to the face would probably take me out of action for the foreseeable future. Well, Herm, I'm sure you were you caught a bunch of it, but was talking with some of my roommates and we were kind of recapping All-Star Weekend because I think the NHL struck out looking on all three pitches uh, when it came to the skills competition, which was cringy would be an understatement. And then the game itself was nearly impossible to watch because of the jerseys and looked almost identical on the ice. That being said, I think the AHL kind of knocked it out of the park in Laval this week. The skills competition, we saw the fastest skater. I mean, no, I, I can't remember the guy on the Hershey Bears, but he's a college hockey product who did it in under 13 seconds. Uh, we had 102 in the hardest shot. It, they seemed to actually want to be there, which I think was the biggest difference watching the clips. I don't know what your takeaways from the game where I know Nico Dawes was unbelievable in the all-star game itself. So there was lots of uh, Comet's attention. 
Yeah, I was going to say we have a, a solid clip right now. Go check out and follow the Utica comments on all of your social media accounts uh, of Nico. Do- he's just robs a San Jose Barracuda player on a shootout attempt. What I, what I really think made the difference was the exceptional hosting job that Laval did not only as a city, but as a venue and an organization. I didn't get the privilege of going up to Laval to be a part of it in person, but I saw the light shows that Place Bell has, and that arena is top of the line and then some. One of the things that's also really cool is that they take the glass out for the skills competition so that fans can directly interact with players as things are going on. It's significantly more relaxed. The fans are more likely to get autographs and selfies, and it's just an overall more down-to-earth event than it felt like the NHL. It felt like the NHL All-Star Game just embodied full-on fellow kids energy. Like a whole bunch of 40 to 50-year-old marketing executives were like, what can we do to keep the youths around? And that's what they came up with. I would love to see the ACHA do a skills competition at nationals. I don't know how you would do it. Maybe that first day when teams come into practice, you could do a skills competition. At night. I know it's it might not be like the easiest thing in the world to pull off because teams probably want to get focused. They don't want to get hurt in an event like that the night before. But if there was a way to do it, maybe you could do it with like the teams get eliminated on the last day and they could just have a good time. But that would certainly be fun to watch and get all the teams from But the thought process behind that is we've had so many crazy highlights the last couple weeks that show off the skill the ACHA has, and we're not seeing any of that in the skills competition, which brings us to the perfect point. Herm, I I hope you've updated your gondola this week because you put out a clip of Sebastian Smith. I put in the notes another week, another ACHA clip going viral. Two-sport athlete Sebastian Smith, uh, he's a tennis player at Adrian as well as a member of the D1 ACHA team showed off his hand-eye coordination, toe drag, flips up to himself, and then bats it home to help lead Adrian to a win on the road at Liberty. This video ends up getting picked up by Howie's Hockey Tape, Everything College Hockey, Hockey Collective, Hockey Recap, Full Send Hockey, and Bar Down, just to name a few notable accounts. I didn't even know that half of these accounts picked it up, by the way. I've been have saving been them for saving you. Them? Yes. Have you been saving them on Gone? Oh, what a man. What a yeah, man. So, Murph, so Murph the- knows full well that oftentimes when his clips go viral. I do the same thing for him. This is this is sweet. I'm going to have to go in through and update the match post feature. I talked about it off camera before we interviewed Cam Moore for this episode, but it's just the craziest thing for us is when this happens. It seems like it's almost happening every week. We have built up this platform where goals that might not be going viral are now going viral, showing off the skill that the league has to offer. Herm, you were you must have been watching this game live because you got it. You had it right away. I was not actually. That was the incredible thing. I got, I think, texts from Alex immediately, who was watching the game with the boys and was like, you need to get this clip now. Rhett McGibbon, the announcer from Liberty, shot us a DM while he was on the air and was like, you need to go and get this now. And then Tyler LaFollette, who's the equipment manager for Adrian D1, was like, you need to go and get this now. And I was like, okay, I got you. Don't worry. Yeah, un- unbelievable clip. We called it the baseball goal, but later in the broadcast, they do mention Smith is a member of the tennis team at Adrian. I mean, we talk about how demanding the ACHA is, but being a two-sport athlete, that's that's unreal. And I think that's a, a perfect balance of sports right there. Unreal clip, unreal goal, and can't wait to do the end of year goal of the year tournament because we've got plenty of nominees from the last couple weeks and i'm sure it's only going to get better from here wanted to make sure everyone listening knew that but we do have more merch out you can head to sellyhockeyco.com get the hockey house hoodie it's back in stock 
Very limited quantities remaining of this one. I'm on the website now. XL, double XL sold out. Medium or large, they have some available. Go get yours today. The black hockey house hoodie. In terms of hats, we have our snapbacks. We got the classic all black. It says hockey house on the front. And then we have a white one with a black brim that says hockey house as well on the front. So be sure to collect your merch. Get it right in time for playoff season. Make sure you're looking the best when you're heading to the rink and you're supporting the brand. We appreciate it. Uh, love seeing the photos people send us of them rocking the hats. I know the guys from Keen were rocking them this weekend. Had to throw that one up on the story as well. But make sure you're supporting the boys, getting some merch this time of year. Glick mentioned it. It is so much fun when we, during the season, it's a lot of like, hey, this is what happened this weekend and just getting it out. This time of year, we get to dive a little bit more into the analysis of things, cover the rankings. We've seen more action. We've seen some teams ourselves in person. We got to get to be the experts of the ACHA and the CHF. So we'll start with some rankings talk. Men's Division Three threw out some rankings last week that we wanted to make note of. Hope College, the reigning champs, they are number one, followed by Notre Dame at two, Saginaw Valley State at three. I know Herm's really pumped about that one. We've got Michigan at four, Arkansas at five, a familiar face, Lawrence Tech at six. And then want to give a shout out at number seven, Grand Valley State. They've been making a ton of, uh, of noise lately. Florida Gulf Coast is there at 11. That's another notable name. Indiana at 13. Miami of Ohio at 15. So just some notable teams. But Hope College just showing the consistency. They're always at the top of the men's three rankings. Another ranking that came out this week, we had ACHA Women's Division One. No real surprises here. Liberty remains at number one. They were off this weekend. Minot State jumps up to number two, though. The Beavers did beat Liberty two weekends ago. They got a big sweep over number 11, Jamestown, this weekend. Midland, three. Indiana Tech, four. Adrian, five. Michigan, six. McKendry, seven. Reminder, only 10 teams make the women's tournament in ACHA Division One because there's only about 34 teams league-wide. It's a tough uh, tournament to make, and a lot of those best teams are playing each other this time of year, so they're getting ready for the national tournament. Did check in on the CHF. We haven't done a CHF standings update in a while. Starting off in the National Division D2 CHF, St. Bonaventure, big weekend for the Bonnies. They took down Niagara and Binghamton this weekend, the number two ranked team, and the number three ranked team. Uh, they remain 16 0 2. They have not lost in regulation. Tampa at number four, though, 21 0 0. They have not lost at all, and they've won every game they've played when they step on the ice. They're sitting at four, not as tough of a schedule. So maybe that's where the CHF rankings is putting them in the four spot, but it's followed by Fairfield at five. Farmingdale 6, Liberty 7, Buffalo 8, Quinnipiac at 9. Quinnipiac, actually the only team on this list that's below 500. They're 8, 9, and 2 uh, with a rating of 96.5. And then the defending champs, Babson College, they're coming in at 10. They had a close game this weekend with Quincy College, who we'll get to the D3 CHF rankings, but Quincy College, new team in the New England region. They play in the CHF American division. And uh, they gave the Babson Beavers a run for their money this weekend. They're at number six in the American side. But want to give a shout out. Penn State Harrisburg, Cam Moore is our guest this week. They climbed to number 15 this week. Berg Puck is hot. South Carolina had an impressive weekend taking down Georgia. Uh, they are 20 and two, and they dropped down to 11 in the rankings. So um, I'm sure we will see the Gamecocks at the AAU college hockey championships this spring, but they're sitting outside the top 10. 
I don't know if they're too concerned with the rankings at this point. I think everybody knows with the amount of teams that go to the former Fed Cup um, that it's anybody's game once you get to pool play there. But wanted to give a shout out to the teams in CHF American. Anna Maria is 8-1-1. One, one. They are the number one ranked team, followed by St. John Fisher College and Niagara University at three, Farmingdale four. U-Tampa, again, undefeated, 18-0. They're sitting at five. Nobody has been able to beat the U-Tampa Spartans on either side of the CHF. Honestly, pretty impressive at this point. We'll have to keep an eye on that. They're putting up a Miami Dolphins-type season, so definitely staying on our radar. Let's jump into ACHA Men's Division One action. That's where the the money's at right now. It's heating up. We had a wild weekend in the top six. I sent out the tweet, wild weekend in ACHA Men's Z1. Each team in the top six lost Minot, Adrian, UNLV, Ohio, Liberty, and UCO. We start things off, Ohio hands Minot. Their first Division One loss. You didn't even see it, everyone listening. I wrote on the notes, the Ohio mother f- Bobcats. And they're the real deal. Hand them their first loss at the men's one level this season. We appreciate you, Kyle Hayden, and chiming in and reminding us that you, Mary, gave them the first loss technically of the season. But still, first time in program history that the boys from North Dakota go into Bird and the Bobcats get it done. Minot figures thing out the next night. They are able to get the split, go home to North Dakota with a win under their belt, which I think if you're undefeated, you're never wanting to lose. But I think you kind of need that loss late in the season because now you go into nationals. Minot is going to have to go through Ohio at some point. Those teams are, are destined to meet each other. You know, it's, it's good to kind of be humbled late in the year. So that happens in Ohio. Then we have Adrian goes into Lynchburg. They beat Liberty. Next night, Liberty comes back, beats Adrian in the shootout. So that doesn't technically affect Adrian's ranking because it goes in as a tie. Utah played spoiler against UNLV on Saturday night. And then we had Maryville on Friday night beat UCO 6-1. to one. UCO came back the next day, beat them 5-1, to one, I believe. So split there. So everyone in the top six loses. When that happens, there's not much shuffling around. Uh, we go to the rankings. Minot 1, Adrian 2, Ohio 3, UNLV 4, Liberty 5, UCO 6, Indiana Tech 7, Jamestown 8, Grand Valley State number 9. No movement in the top nine except for Ohio and UNLV swapping spots, which, I mean, we, we put some feelers out on the story. Was anybody going to move up or down? And some people are saying, oh, Ohio, Adrian at 1. The committee, the... <laughs> I, I say the committee. The committee is the computer rankings, and Minot just has a strong enough schedule where that one loss doesn't quite hurt them yet. But definitely an interesting time of year. We'll get to it a little bit when we talk about the games of the week, but these games now, every weekend, they have implications on nationals because some teams are, are there's a certain bubble you want to be above at this point in the year. I think if you're men's D1, you want to be in the top 15. I think the top 15 is safe. If you're in the top 15, regardless of what happens in your conference tournament, you usually go to nationals. If there's some upsets, teams get bumped. That's where you see the teams, the the 18s, the 17s, the 16s, they sometimes get bumped from the tournament. Uh, we saw that last year with Delaware. I think they were 18 or 19, and they lost in the conference finals to Stony Brook in the Eshel and they got bounced. So we'll get to that in a little bit here, but wanted to mention there is a GoFundMe for Hunter Duram's family that was launched this week. Uh, The ETBU player passed away last weekend in a car accident. The fund has already raised $11,000. Their goal is to get $15,000. You can head to the link in our bio. We're going to put that link uh, in the link tree so you guys can go check it out. 
would mean the world to that family and the ETBU community and the hockey team as well. Just a devastating loss. And they're looking to remember him in, in every possible way they can. So wanted to give that a plug. Make sure that you guys are checking that out. This weekend, plenty of hockey to be had. Lo- looks like a lot of the D2 conferences in the ACHA are having their playoffs. Usually gives an auto bid to the regional tournament. If you follow the ACHA, you know that in Division 2, the top two teams in each region get an auto bid to nationals. Believe it's the next 14 teams battle it out in the regionals to decide the two more bids from each region uh, that get to go to nationals. So we'll start the ACC Hockey Premier Playoffs, the Admiral Cup is on the line this weekend at the fairgrounds in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. The top seed is Penn State. It is their first year, I believe, in the ACC Hockey. The number two seed, Penn State, will play the winner of number four, NC State, and number five, Virginia Tech. And then on the other side of the bracket, the number two seed, North Carolina Tar Heels, they will battle the winner of Rowan and Wilmington. Should be an exciting one here. Herm, I know you're a big NC State guy. We love the, what the work they're doing here. I feel like Penn State has maybe fallen underneath our radar this year. That's a team we haven't talked about. They're the number one seed. UNC and NC State did split last weekend. Uh, the Ice Pack handed the Tar Heels their first in-state loss of the season on senior night. So uh, we talked about a little earlier what happens when you lose uh, a game late in the year. That's sometimes a wake-up call. So the Tar Heels know they got work to do in the ACC playoffs. Like we said, Admiral Cup on the line. That should be a, a good one to follow. Uh, another competitive division in ACHA D2, the TSCHL. They will have their playoffs in Columbus, Ohio this weekend. Teams competing that. The number one seed in the North Division, Ohio University. The Bobcats can't get enough of them this time of year. Herm, you want to give your boys a shout out? We love the heroes. We love the heroes on the Hockey House podcast. They have put in so much work to legitimize D2 at Ohio. And I know from experience how little, at times, respect it gets There was a great article in the Post, which is Ohio University's student newspaper. So, so solid. Huge shout out to Patrick Roach, Tyler Calais, all of those guys that have put in a ton of work to to make the heroes stand out. That article was also very good. I checked it out, but I want to make sure. Brendan Kalura went to Bridgeton Academy the year before me. We've gone back and forth on social media a bunch. I know he has been a, a huge been involved in you know the, the officer side of things and like i said check out the the article in the post hockey it's titled hockey ohio's division two team is much more than a jv team definitely worth the read from mark goldstein but yeah they'll be the number one seed in the tournament they are taking on louisville in the first round so it's the one seed from the north takes on the four seed from the south the other matchups we have Miami Bowling Green, Michigan versus IU. Got to give the Hoosiers a shout out for Fitz. Uh, We got Kentucky versus Ohio State. That should be a really good matchup. Uh, The winners will face off on Saturday with a championship game being played on Sunday. Another D2 tournament that we're going to keep an eye on is the WCCHA playoffs. The number one seed, St. Thomas Tommies. They've been having a really good year as well. We talked about them last episode. They're the number one seed. They will take on the St. John's Johnnies in the first round, the one versus eight, the Tommies versus the Johnnies. That is a huge rivalry in uh, Minnesota because St. Thomas used to be a Division Three school. That was a big rivalry. St. Thomas made the jump to D1 in their NCAA sports. That rivalry still takes place in ACHA D2. They will face off in the first round. Uh, Minnesota is a four seed. 
They take on Minnesota Crookston um, in the first round. That should be a good matchup. We got Wisconsin, the two seed, taking on Jamestown. And then Minnesota Duluth taking on Wisconsin Eclair. Some good playoff matchups taking place in Blaine, Minnesota. Uh, so the state of hockey getting its fair share of ACHA hockey, which I feel like that is a market that maybe we don't talk about enough uh, because there's so much NCAA hockey in the state of Minnesota, but ACHA boys making some noise this time of year. Wanted to uh, give some stick taps to my boys in the Granite State, uh, the boys at Dartmouth, ACHA D3. They are hosting Harvard in their mental health awareness game Saturday, February 11th. Uh, Got a DM from them. There's been four students at Dartmouth in the last year who have uh, taken their lives because of suicide. And I know this is a huge issue, especially at at Ivy League schools. I think they deal with it a lot because of the stress of academics and, and balancing everything. And it's a real shame that they have to, you know, endure that those types of things and the boys just wanted to do something about it and they reached out and we wanted to make sure we gave them a shout out they're doing a mental health awareness game saturday february 11th thompson arena in hanover new hampshire on the campus of dartmouth so big game for the boys and for an even better cause so i wanted to give them a shout out as well also want to give a shout out to josh fricks uh love giving the updates every week on his status Saw a video the other day of him walking on his own power. Was part of an intense physical therapy down at the Shepherd Center in Georgia. Unbelievable to see the progress that he has made in the last couple of weeks here um, after that devastating injury. So we're really rooting for him and keeping him in our thoughts. But it's time for our interview. And as always, this interview is brought to you by Optimex Sports. Optimex Sports provides teams the opportunity to build and manage their own website. The best part is your first year is free. So be sure to check them out using the link in our bio. And if you're interested in signing up, be sure to use their referral link at optimxsports.com slash sign up slash hockey house pod. But do not wait. I mentioned your first year is free. That is expiring soon. You have until Wednesday, February 15th to take advantage of this deal. Please, please do so. OptumX is doing great things for the ACHA and the CHF and legitimizing the product. Make sure that your website is up to par with the rest of the league. It is perfect for recruiting. If you got games, if you're trying to draw fans, They can do the tickets, they can do the merch, they can do donations, they do it all, and they can set it up for free in the next week here. So be sure to sign up by Wednesday, February 15th to get that deal. And speaking of Optimex, our guest this week comes from a team that has an Optimex website, made it really easy to do some uh, background research on him. Cam Moore, he's been having a heck of a year for Penn State Harrisburg. You may have saw him, posted a clip of him going between the legs and tucking in a breakaway goal against Liberty a couple weekends ago. He was a blast to talk to. Technical difficulties on my end, though. My AirPods, they uh, got the best of me a couple days ago when we did the recording. So if I sound a little bit off, it's because uh, the audio was not going to my microphone. It was using my AirPods. So Herm is going to clean it up as best as he can. You might not even notice the difference because he's so good at his job, but We'll turn it over to Cam Moore, and this interview is always brought to you by Optimex Sports. We're pleased to be joined by Penn State Harrisburg senior forward and captain number 28, Cam Moore. Cam, welcome to the Hockey House. Thanks for having me. I've been following you guys for a while. You guys run a great show, and super excited when you guys reach out to me. Yeah, well, you were making uh, the headways a couple weeks ago. You guys got a big sweep over Liberty a couple weekends ago. Let's start there. How's the season been going for uh, Penn State Harrisburg? Great. We had an awesome recruiting class this year. Kept a lot of guys from last year, so we kind of knew going into it. We had a solid group. We've actually won 10 in a row right now and we're 20 and 5 on the year wow i mean it's unreal like we said we've been following you guys the last couple weeks after the sweep against liberty has is that a rink that you had played at uh have you played them in chf action before 
Um, we played them last year in the second semester. So we, I mean, last year we actually had a pretty solid team too. And we, we had kids dropping like flies going into the second semester. So it was kind of tough to hang with them. They're a really good program. Four lines deep, it seems like when you're playing against them. We played them at our rank and they beat us. I think it was like 4-1. It was a good game though. Like we did all we could. But when we found out we were playing them at their rank, I was so excited. I've never played there before. But, you know, I've seen videos and everything. And dude, it was, it was so sick. I it was awesome. Yeah, I mean, getting to play at Liberty is huge. And you mentioned uh, beforehand, you maybe found a new favorite team to watch at the trip at Liberty. We did. UNLV, baby. That's our squad. They played Matt Midnight on Saturday after we played them. A couple of our buddies went and I guess they got in. We didn't know we could just get in for free because I guess that's just all part of like the whole experience, like getting to watch your D1 club team and, and everything. We didn't know we could just go watch. We got a text from one of our buddies who was there and he was like, yeah, just like tell them you played there earlier today. And and, you know, go in and uh, like they'll let you in. So we went, walked there from our hotel, went and watched them play UNLV. We had a couple guys on our team, not going to mention any names, but just being obnoxiously loud for UNLV. That's like our new favorite team. We we all follow their Instagram, commenting on their picks, you know, just let them know Berg Puck's got their back. Did you get to talk to any of the guys in passing and maybe in like the tunnel? No, we did not. No, we left. We had to wake up kind of early the next morning and it was like 3 a.m. at that point. And I think there was a lot of fights in that game too. We had to, we had to get out of there. But on a side note, I couldn't believe how good that hockey was. Like I've never seen a D1 club game at all, let alone like a, like a top five matchup. That hockey is ridiculous, man. Like I was always one to say like, if you're going to go like play D3 or play club hockey, go play club hockey. Like that totally sold me. Like go play D1 club somewhere awesome if you can. Cause that was so sick to watch. I know it's on ESPN plus when Liberty plays, but like if that game was like on ESPN and you were like flicking through the channels like you wouldn't be able to tell that it was it was club hockey like exactly it would look like every other fast-paced college hockey right? game, division one or division three exactly I, cu- I couldn't believe it it was so good and it, i was so glad i got to experience that especially at that rink too it was such a fun weekend we got to get you guys in touch with some of the unlv guys because we had them on the pod before herm likes to call them america's team because <laughs> everybody just loves them because you know they got all the the fancy stuff out in vegas yeah and they got guys who love to chirp guys who love to sell like they're must watch so we'll have to let them know the boys at Berg Puck are, are big supporters yeah let them know we're actually talking about a couple of us talking about uh all chipping in for a jersey so we can hang it up in our locker room maybe if they want one too we'll send one out to them we got to do a jersey swap somebody from UNLV is definitely <laughs> listening to this one we got to make that one happen let's do it let's, let's kind of get into the backstory of your hockey growing up elite prospects tells us you're from Camp Hill Pennsylvania whereabouts is that it's right outside of Harrisburg so I'm kind of a homebody grew up around here I played uh, like Hershey Junior Bears growing up. Never played AAA. It was always kind of just a distance thing. Closest team like Junior Flyers, hour and a half away. So I, I was never making that drive and I was really never a triple-A hockey player. Um, I actually played more years of A hockey than I played double-A. Yeah, I just grew up playing tier two. I had a blast. Went to nationals a couple times. Um, it was great. One districts a couple of my years. And yeah, just enjoyed playing with my buddies growing up here. And my freshman year of college, I was at community college. I played my last year U18. My grades, dude, they, oh my God, they were so bad. Like I, I couldn't go, I couldn't go anywhere. I wanted to keep playing hockey so the plan was like after my first year was to go transfer somewhere and go you know just go play club somewhere my grades were so bad I couldn't go anywhere so I had to take a year off hockey do another year at community college get my grades up I had to like run the table 
with A's, like just so I could get my GPA up to, I'm not going to say like a number, but somewhere respectable. My options were limited. So I, I was just, I went to Penn State Harrisburg, you know, like get a Penn State degree and I could play hockey there too. So that's where I ended up and it ended up being a pleasant surprise and I love it. I wouldn't have traded it for anything. You touched on, uh, in your notes to getting to see Cole Caulfield play one of those chances you were at nationals. Walk us through that. Was he, well, how old was he when you saw him? It's a crazy story actually. So it was my first year of peewees. I'm a 99. So I was playing with 99s and 98s and he's what, like an 01. So he was already a couple years younger than us to begin with. I remember we were out, it was in San Jose for one of our games. I just remember watching this team and there's this little kid smaller than me buzzing through everybody like waving in and out of everyone he's scoring I think he had like a hat trick in the game that we watched and fast forward like a couple years ago pretty much I think it was my dad he was like thinking he was like wait a second he's like just put all the pieces together and he's like that team was from Wisconsin he's like I, I wonder just by a long shot if if maybe and he went pulls out the program guide from 2010 whenever it was sure as shit he opens it up Stevens Point Wisconsin Cole and Brock Caulfield were on the team and and that kid was Cole Caulfield just buzzing through everybody and he's a 01 playing against like 99s and 98s at that time and we were only 10 years old at the time as well so he had to have been like what seven eight just dicing up everybody it was it's a funny story to look back on, but just crazy. Like you had no idea at the time, obviously. I mean, when he goes on to have like a Hall of Fame career and you're talking to your kids and you can just be like, oh yeah, like I remember him when he was eight years old at nationals. Exactly. Pretty sick stuff. So tell us a little bit about Harrisburg. You mentioned playing for the Hershey Junior Bears or Hershey and Harrisburg. Is that like central PA territory? Yeah, they're probably like, I would say like the city of Harrisburg and Hershey are probably like 15, 20 minutes apart. I live probably five minutes outside of Harrisburg. It's just a quick 20, 25 minute drive down the highway to Hershey, Hershey Park, all that jazz. It's a, it's a neat little area. You go to uh, a lot of Hershey Bears games growing up as a kid? Used to. Yeah, I would say not not a lot. Not as many as like most kids I knew did. But yeah, I went to like my fair share of games and they, they were a great time. You go with like all your all your little hockey buddies and yeah, just have a blast. Go to Hershey Park during the day or something or you know you go to a game after you just played at the old uh, arena I don't know if you're familiar with that but the the old barn still got ice there it's where the Bears used to play but played a lot there growing up which is awesome and yeah it's a nice little area now tell us a little bit about the school you mentioned Penn State Harrisburg being a satellite campus for people who aren't aware like you mentioned you're getting a Penn State degree how does that kind of work honestly I, I have no idea. <laughs> I was just, I was always told it was a, a, like it's a Penn State degree. And I have like, I have seen the degree. It does say the Pennsylvania State University. So it is, it is real. For all you people out there that chirp us for being a branch campus, we do get the same degree. So that's why we just laugh at your chirps when you guys say that. So I was looking at the schedule. You guys play other branch campuses, right? Yeah, we do. We played, uh, we played Penn State Berks this year. And I, I don't know if we play any other like, branch campuses from other schools yeah we got them on our schedule this year they had a tough time just getting bodies this year which sucks because they had a uh they were d1 Ancha at one point i know that so i hope like they're get their program back up to where it used to be but yeah we usually don't like schedule games against branch campuses but i think um we've been wanting to play them for a little bit so we got that on our schedule this year which was fun we played them at uh the reading royals arena at their echl team so 
was a nice barn, fun to play at. Did it look like an inter-squad scrimmage because both teams are basically wearing the same uniforms? Yeah, kind of, a little bit. Like, one team had ma- like mainly white navy. The other team was mainly navy and white. We both had the stripes on our helmet. So, yeah, a little bit. But it was a good game. So now your first season at Harrisburg, were you guys CHF or were you still ACHA at the time? Uh, we were CHF. Um, I think that was the first year it formed. 19, 20, 20 19, season? 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that would have been their, their first year. I think we made it to our conference championship that year, and we ended up getting a bid to nationals. That was crazy because, like, our schedule wasn't as tough then as it is now. Like our just our strength of schedule and all that. So we we get like University of Buffalo our first game, and then we get Farmingdale, and that was just like a you know like welcome to club hockey moment. And we just they they pumped us. Not fun, but it was a it was a cool experience getting to play teams of that caliber for sure. You mentioned it right there in that sentence. Welcome to club hockey moment. Was there something early on in the season that stood out to you as a welcome to club hockey moment? What did you think going into the season? Were there things that you expected and then didn't happen? Or were there things that kind of shocked you when you first got on the ice? I was expecting it to be as physical as it was. Like I was ready for that part. I would say that the chirps were a little harsher than they were in youth hockey. Most definitely. Other than that, though, like, I feel like just with the way our league was back then compared to it is now, it just back then, I don't know, it didn't feel like um, it just not as intense as it is now, I would say. So there wasn't like a super eye opening moment for me where it's like, wow, like I'm in the club trenches now, but not really, I would say not not any specific moment, probably. Now, when you got on campus, was there, like, what was the perception of the hockey team at the time? Like, would you go to class and kids had no idea that there was a hockey team on campus? Was yeah. the club hockey team building popularity? Oh, 100%. I would say, honestly, like, dude, this is, like, the first year, I would say, now that I'm thinking about it, where it's, like, people know that we have a team. Like, we had a kid last year, and he played for, like, North Jersey Abs. He was a triple A hockey player, and he was going to do the two plus two, so he's going to go to Harrisburg then go to main campus, finish out schooling there. He didn't even know we had a hockey team. And he came on, and he was like one of our best players. He was awesome. So yeah, it was, and that was like a year ago. Even up to a year ago, like players even didn't know we had a, had a team. That's kind of on us for not being as recognizable on social media and all that. But at the same time, we the players weren't promoting it either, like on campus at all. That, that's crazy. And I like the idea of it. Two plus two, is that what they call it? When you two yeah, use it in yeah. Berg? No, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a legit thing, like where they call it two plus two program where kids will go to whatever branch campus not just Harrisburg because there's I, I don't even know how many there are I would say definitely over 10 I'd say around 20 like Penn State branch camps is scattered all over PA and they'll go do two years there like do their gen eds and all that and then go to main campus and have a blast talk a little bit about like your your freshman year you, you mentioned in beforehand that you have some experiences at the hockey house at Harrisburg what was that like <laughs> My first one, so it was that it was before I even went to the school. I went to like a recruit skate that they were having. We're like doing scrimmage and stuff, and I'm on the bench. And there were kids I knew on the team just from growing up with that were that were local guys. I remember two of them invited me over to their hockey house, which doesn't exist anymore, unfortunately. Called it the Titty House. I don't know why. I don't know if there was any reason behind it, but yeah, it was the Titty House. And they're like, yeah, you should come over to the Titty House tonight. I was like, sure. What's the Titty House? And they're like, ah, it's just a hockey house. Come over, like, drink a little, like, just have a good time. You can meet all the boys and all that. Like, okay, sure. So I just show up. I, like, I don't really know what 
what to expect. It's not a big town. I don't know how many people are going to be there. So I show up to little house. Everyone just is looking at me and I don't know, like, I don't know what to do. I don't know any of these people. So I'm waiting for like the kids who actually invited me. They, they weren't even there to like greet me when I got there. They were upstairs doing whatever. I have no idea. So I'm just kind of like waiting for them to come down. And this one kid, Dan Yannick, one of the ones who invited me, he's my teammate uh, for a couple of years. I actually played high school hockey with him too. And he's actually one of our assistant coaches now. He comes down with like a party suit. So it's like a, a suit jacket, sleeves cut off, completely unbuttoned. He's got a little bit of a barrel too. So it's like it, he's totally like rocking this this jacket. I don't know what he's what his bottoms are, but I don't think he's got much on. And he's got like a bottle of something and it's like probably fourth to like a halfway filled doesn't say hi to anyone just comes down the stairs unscrews it and just hucks it back and I'm just like it's the first time I've ever seen anything like I was just at community college like I've never seen stuff like this I'm just like what's going on he throws it back everyone's like yeah Dan yeah and chugs the whole thing and he was like feeling pretty good that night so I didn't really think anything of it but fast forward to like a year or two later I was like dude I'll never forget that time you just totally chugged that bottle whatever I can't remember what it was and he was like oh dude he's like yeah no I just he's like I just filled that up with water I just did that to look sick <laughs> like it was hilarious though like I had no idea you were just like this is college like what yeah, what pretty- is going on <laughs> Exactly. So yeah, I, I had no idea what to expect. If you knew the kid, like it just makes it so much more funnier. He's such a beauty. But yeah, it was just so funny, like watch him chug it. But then like, it was just water. So whatever. What's like the rink situation on campus? Like, like how far of a drive do you guys have to make for, for games? And you know, what's the practice schedule? look Like, I mean, looking on social media, it looks like you guys have your own locker room. It looks like a pretty good setup. It's only some, somewhere in between 10 and 15 from campus. Not, not bad at all. So yeah, and I mean, it's a solid rink too, like good lighting, speakers sound good, enough bleacher area, like if we pack it, a lot of students can come sit. And yeah, we we actually got our own locker room. I don't know how we, we got it. It was there before I, I came on board, but yeah, so I think we've been wanting to kind of renovate it, but that's just, I guess it's not really on our agenda yet. Need a bigger budget for that, but it's so nice. It's a nice recruiting aspect you know for trying to bring kids in like hey we have our own locker room not every team at our level has that it's just another thing that we can kind of help draw kids in and then there's also a turf field right outside of our locker room for like baseball and stuff but it's always empty when we have games and whatever so we can warm up up there so it's like our own little area upstairs just for us when we go out for games we got to walk down the steps like right that are right on the bleachers where all our fans are so that's kind of just like a unique thing i guess that's just like what makes us birds fuck, I guess. When you get a good crowd of students there and you guys walk down through the crowd, is that pretty cool? Yeah, it is. I would say like this is the first year we actually started getting students to our games, but even still, it's not consistent yet where we're like packing it with students. We do, it does get packed just with people in general. So our stands are usually filled. So it's usually pretty loud in there when we score, which is awesome. We got a kid on our team that used to play on our school's like NCAA baseball team. So the one game he got like his entire baseball, like the entire baseball team and like a bunch of their friends to come out. And our stands were already filled and we shoot down at the visiting end. All his friends were down in the opposing fans bleachers and they 
they were just oh my god they're they were being obnoxious in a good way but yeah it, it was awesome you guys got the chance to play outdoors this year what was that like you guys took on Kutztown. pictures from that were phenomenal but it looked like it was a big win for you guys it was a huge win i don't think it was a conference game uh but it was a ranked game so like it, it definitely did count towards the rankings we don't like each other that made it every bit more sweet to beat them pretty sure they were like the home team there too so so yeah that felt awesome being able to go there beat them there but overall just awesome experience i've never played outdoors before so that was awesome i i got to check a lot of boxes off this year playing at liberty playing outdoors so it was it was a great experience i'm looking through the photos of the game right now i noticed you guys got the traditional white penn state helmets with the blue stripes but you guys also got the navy helmets with the white stripes any particular reason why you wear each helmet or do you guys just decide hey you know today we're rocking the blue jerseys we're gonna rock the white helmets pretty much that's how it goes so this was our first year where we had both buckets so we don't get like team orders like we don't get our gear for free so we got to go out and get our blue gloves get our blue helmets and it used to be just blue helmets so this year we made a vote we're like we're only doing white if it's unanimous everybody voted white i was like let's go like i wanted to get white so bad because I, I just I, they would look so good with both uniforms so everyone voted for the white yeah we kind of just decide on game day but we wanted to wear all whites in the outdoor game but they were the home team so they got to pick so we were like either way we're going to wear the white buckets for the outdoor game who are some of the biggest rivalries that you guys have playing in the chf like do you guys mostly stay in that pennsylvania region when you're traveling our conference is us university of delaware Kutztown, salisbury and Newman. Three of us are in PA. Uh, Udell's in Delaware, obviously, and then Salisbury's in Maryland. But they played in Delaware somewhere, but it's pretty far down. Like, it's just a solid bus trip. I would say our biggest rival is, I would say, Kutztown right now. We're still a pretty new program, so we're, we're like not even 10 years old yet. It's kind of tough, like, when they weren't as successful and as competitive, it's tough to have rivals, you know what I mean? So it's kind of really picked up the last couple of years um, with Kutztown. We got one going with um, Millersville. They're an ACHA team, but we played them last year at their rank. They packed their rank, which was, like, credit to them. They got they got a solid program there. That was so fun playing them there. We played them twice this year. We split with them. Yeah, I think every game was a one-goal game from last year up until all three were one-goal games. So competitive, you know, we're all yapping at each other and they're down in Lancaster so we're only 30 minutes away so it's like cross towns I guess you could say or I think we got a little something with them going too just I would say not as like meaningful just because we don't get to play like conference games against them games aren't ranked and all that so but still we we don't really like each other so we we have good battles against them you talked about last year being a big step for you guys in the second half of the year like did you guys think you might be able to go on a run to to get to the national tournament or were you guys kind of just like you know this this is what we got we'll make the best with what we have going into it we were like yeah like we have a shot because we played in the first semester we had Tied cuts down in the preseason, played them to a one-goal loss, played Udell. We took them to overtime. We had the lead against them with like five minutes left too. So like we we knew we could hang with them and them and Kutztown were the were the top two teams in our league last year, no doubt. So yeah, we definitely did think we had a shot. And then we had a kid get injured. One of them graduated. One of them, the, the kid who I said played for Avs, who didn't even know we had a team. He had a change of career choice and left the school yes we're missing like four out of our five top scorers after that we're real thin just didn't have enough but we still made playoffs uh we competed like 
we did all we could. Still ended up getting a bid to nationals, but it was like at the point where like had to have a team vote to decide if we wanted to go or not. I'm glad we did because despite the scores, we played really competitive hockey, and I think it was something like for us to be proud of. This year is a completely different story. I would say I feel like we truly do belong there, and I think you know like you never know what could happen. Like look at last year. Like I know I think it was CNU they beat Tampa and made it out of their pool, and Tampa was like the number one ranked team in the CHL going into national you never know what what can happen you get a hot goalie which i think we have one of the best goalies in the chf never know what can happen so i I think we got a shot to make some noise there this year definitely well said i was thinking about it now like you guys are really in a position because i was looking at of course the the results from last year's federation cup you guys made the right choice in going and i know a lot there was a couple other teams that we had talked to they were kind of in the same boat like they didn't have the guys but they got this invite to nationals and they they took it and they went and they were shorthanded but they made the most of it but now like looking ahead at this year you guys are definitely going to be there you're going to definitely going to be a contender does that experience help you guys now i know you mentioned you got a good recruiting class but at least you guys know what to expect when you get to Westchester down the road. Yeah, no doubt. All those games are so intense. It's tough to explain it. Even last year going into it, like we knew we had no shot of getting out of our pool. There's just a different feeling. I don't know. I, I So much more adrenaline in those games. And like when you know, like we knew we had Farmingdale going into the first game. We played them earlier in a showcase that year and they stomped us with our team in the first semester. So it was like we knew we had to go out and just do everything we we could because they're so good like we can't just mail it in against them we knew we had to lay everything out go our hardest and I think we played them to like a 4-1 game so we were like super happy with that effort I think it was 2-1 up until like five minutes left in the game I mean they were definitely the better team in that game our goalie still on his head but still like we were so happy with that effort and in the end we were so happy we went question for you being specifically a CHF guy a lot of the guys we interview are ACHA it just seems like that's where we have more of the connections. When you're talking to people and they ask you, like, what level of hockey do you play? Is it harder to explain to CHF? Because I find people on the ACHA side of things don't quite understand the CHF as its own entity. Yeah, it's it's definitely different, especially to, like, non-hockey people saying that you play, like, D2 club. And it's like, well, it's not NCAA. That, like, no, it's like it's so hard to explain because it's still so competitive. It might as It might as well just be a school sport. Like, pretty much so but yeah it is tough like especially now that there's like two governing bodies like it's tough to kind of explain that to people and I have a tough time doing it myself but yeah I mean I try and do the best I can like say it's just it's D2 club like there's D3 there's D1 but there's another governing body that has D1 D2 D3 like yeah so it's it's tough but yeah I mean I, I, I try my best all you got to know is that when people ask if Harrisburg has a hockey team, you just say yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> you mentioned that the program is young, almost 10 years old now. feels like there's no better time to have a, a club hockey team with the rise we've seen in the ACHA, in the CHF. What is that like? Like As, as a player, is that exciting for you at being a senior, like seeing the progress that the program has made the last couple of years? It's awesome. It's so fun to watch. Like The year I went to Penn State Harrisburg, they ended their season. They played a playoff game with eight guys. Going from there to where we are now, and we have healthy scratches. We have kids coming out wanting to tour the school, and we'll have players show them around, show them to in in the apartments that we have on campus. We have kids that'll come out and practice with us that are thinking about coming in. Like it's just really cool seeing that. Like there's kids that that want to go to Penn State Harrisburg, not only for the school, but 
for the hockey aspect as well, because we truly do have a lot to offer. We have kids on our team that were going to go to main campus. Now they're staying here because they had so much fun playing hockey that they want to keep doing that. It's sad that I'm probably going to be leaving, but it's so cool seeing like the club grow like this. It makes me so happy. And I just hope like it can, it can stay that way because like we made all this progress so far. Like I just, I don't want to have them take any steps backwards. From an outsider's perspective, we've definitely seen like the hype around Berg Puck this season. Like, is there anything in the culture? Like, is there something different about Berg Puck that's maybe you can't find at a, at a college hockey team across the country? I, I mean, like, I want to say yes, but it's just like, a, it's a family, just like every other, every other club hockey team is. And, and we're bought in. That's what we always say. Like, buy in. We're bought in. I think we got a, a full group of guys that's bought in. It's fun to watch and fun to be a part of like everyone wanting the same goal which is like our conference we've never won our conference yet so that's that's what we want like we know we can make noise at nationals but we want the conference like that's our that's our biggest thing this year where do you know where the conference tournament is yeah it's in aston it's at ice works i don't know if you're familiar with that it's like 30 minutes from ice line where fed cup is yeah we have them there that's where we do like the preseason showcase that we do one right before thanksgiving down there as well and that's where they host playoffs as well we only got four teams that are making it in our conference we got delaware one more time so we need to get past them first because they beat us the first time we played them but we're trying to uh, lock up first in our conference so we need to get that done but yeah so we we got to win two games to get our conference so we won our first game we're in the final so two games that's all we need you mentioned me beforehand that not many people know this you get to play you have the opportunity to play for your dad at harrisburg had you played for him growing up with like the hershey junior bears oh yeah since like i was uh Work, I would say he was uh, either an assistant or a head coach. Not gonna lie, like he he would grill me back in the day <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> but as as every dad would. But great coach, he understands the game so well, and he's helped me out a lot. Like I used to, I used to be so stubborn, bark back at him, give him attitude, whatever. But you know, I definitely think we both definitely came around on it. He's a, he's a great coach, and honestly, credit to him for like where the program's at now. Because if it wasn't for him, they we would not even be close to where we're at. Because the way he recruits is ridiculous. Like I don't I don't know how he does it. Like some of the kids that we pulled in, I have no idea. Like makes no sense. But all the kids say, uh, all the kids on our team say he's the James Franklin of the CHF because he's like the best the best recruiter. So yeah, and, and he played a little club hockey back in the day. Looking at his bio, IUP two time captain. He was he was a Crimson Hawk for a little bit. They maybe weren't quite the program they were today but yeah he he played for them back in early to mid 90s I think honestly I haven't gotten to hear too many stories about his playing days on or off the ice but I I think he had a great time there and yeah it's actually kind of cool looking back on it like that they're like pretty sick aren't they they're like top 25 yeah they've been hanging around in the the, yeah 20 to 25 range he doesn't want to tell you any stories from his club hockey days because he doesn't want to give any guys that Berg, any ideas uh, before you graduate? Yeah, he's keeping us. He's keeping us out and going into the home stretch. Maybe that's why he wants to keep us uh, reeled in. Yeah, it's just cool. Like looking back at it, where their program is today, and you know that he was captain for their team for a couple years. It's pretty cool to like, you know, be able to say that about my dad. So. Well, you got to celebrate senior night the other day. Any memories looking back that that you'll remember that maybe 
don't appear on a score sheet or, uh, you know, something that you'll be able to tell your kids someday when you look back and, and think about Berg Puck? Well, at my senior night, I had my whole, like, my mom's side of the family was there. My mom and I got a little brother and sister. They lived down in Myrtle Beach, down in South Carolina. So they came up for the senior night. Her brother was there. Like, just I, I had a lot of family from her side at that game, which was awesome. I scored um, 10 seconds into the second period. Um, which was down at our our fans end, blew him a kiss when I scored. Like went into the boards. It was just a. It was couldn't have written it up any better. Like how I how I would have imagined to you know score on senior night because I know they were like I really wanted to put one in the back of that form and I'm glad like just how everything about it went. It was just perfect. So that is definitely a moment I'll remember forever about senior night and just my playing days here in general is super special. So that was awesome. Well, Cam, thank you so much for giving us the inside scoop on Berg Puck. We are definitely looking forward to following you guys the rest of the way and uh, hope to catch up with you guys at the, uh, the Federation Cup this year. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you so much for having me. You guys are killing it. Once again, thank you to Cam for joining us this week. Loved having him on. Glick, it's time for some burgers. Now that you're back in the studio, let's get the grill fired up, turn on that microwave in Class of 23 Arena, and let's get grilling. Oh, it's great to be back. So starting off with ACHA Men's Division 1, we have Michigan-Dearborn defeating Rochester 16-2 and Purdue Northwest defeating Oakland 15-2. But in Men's Division 2, Ohio University defeats Xavier 12-2. In Men's Division 3, Colorado Mesa defeats Western Colorado 12-0 with Michigan beating Adrian 13-1. Going over to Women's Division 1, we have Utah defeating Denver 10 to 1 and in women's division 2 RMU defeated RIT 14 to nothing. Finally in the CHF, Buffalo defeated Erie Community College 14 to 2. Plenty of blowouts. I say at this time of year you think the blowouts would stop, but I mean like first round of nationals we saw Adrian just beat the wheels off of Missouri State. So even in the biggest stages, teams throw goose eggs. So I have to keep an eye out for that. Plenty of games to watch this week. We did mention, of course, there's plenty of playoff games going on. Uh, Wanted to give them their own segment, but games that you should consider tuning into. We'll start with Friday night in ACHA Division I action. University of Jamestown, the number eight Jimmies take on the number 12 Illinois State University Redbirds. They have a chance to crack the top 10, I think. A win against Jamestown would be huge. Looking at the implications this have on the national tournament at this point, pretty much expecting both of these teams to be in Boston, but it would be huge for Illinois State to come away with a W. Uh, They've made such good progress this year. This would be a huge win for them and a conference win too. Also on Friday night, number four, UNLV taking on number 16, University of Arizona at City National Arena. Arizona needs this one pretty good. Uh, I think a split this weekend for Arizona would really put them into the national tournament picture. Sitting at 16, that's kind of on the bubble. You don't ever know with those teams that are unranked that end up winning their conferences where you're going to fall and you want to be kind of in that top 15. So I think two losses don't hurt uh, the Wildcats, but a win would certainly boost them in the rankings. Number three, Ohio is taking on Robert Moore. Uh, the boys from RMU getting a lot of face time lately uh, after their appearance on the Hockey House pod. They're going to be tested when they travel to Bird. Ohio pretty much locked in at this point to the big dance top team in the CSCHL, uh, number three ranking. They're going to be in Boston. But Robert Morris looking to build on the momentum this season and looking forward to the CHMA playoffs because that playoff champion gets the auto bid. So they want to build momentum for that. Uh, they're kind of out of the top 25 at this point and, and they won't be cracking it anytime soon but division two action Keene state they are the number three team in the northeast they're taking on number one liberty 
Uh, this is a rematch of when the two teams went went toe-to-toe a couple weekends ago down in Lynchburg. Keene State looking to rebound from this one. They're sitting at number three. We talked about the auto bid in D2. you got to be in the top two in your region. So a win against Liberty would be huge for the Owls. You know, the Owls did go down to Liberty. They dropped games 7-2 and 6-3. to three. So they hopefully get a, a ruckus crowd at Keene Ice uh, on Friday night and, and get them the win over the Flames. Friday night, the CHF, pretty much all the teams we'll talk about in the CHF will, will be at the national tournament. You know, the top 25 teams getting to go down. CHF action, we got Bama taking on Tennessee. We've got FAU taking on Georgia. And then we've got Tampa looking to stay undefeated against an unranked Clemson team who has struggled as of late. But Tampa, they can't fall into a trap game here. They, they're going for that, that undefeated season and certainly thinking about it. So they will take on the Tigers at Clearwater Ice Rink. And then on Saturday, two teams that I I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if they booked flights to Boston in September because Lindenwood taking on you, Mary, at Centene on Saturday, two of the best teams in Division Two. An honorable mention, URI is hosting number 18 Stony Brook at Boss Arena. This is an ESCHL clash. This is, I'm calling it, it's a must sweep for Stony Brook. They are sitting at 18. Last weekend, they beat Drexel in a shootout and then lost at home to Drexel. That definitely didn't help their ranking. They dropped one spot from 17 to 18. If Stony Brook wants to get into the tournament, they're not going to get the auto bid. Pitt or Niagara is going to get that in the Eshel. So it's going to be a big weekend for the Seawolves. URI, though. They're uh they're looking to crack the top twenty five. They still got stuff to play for. This is going to be a huge one, but I think Stony Brook needs this one really badly. I know they talked about before the year wanting to go on a run at nationals, and they can't go on that run if they don't get there. So they got to make up ground here, and they got to do it quickly. Friday night, number seven Indiana Tech taking on number twenty three Dearborn. Uh, this is a whack rivalry. Indiana Tech sitting pretty. They want to get as high of a ranking as possible going into nationals because they kind of fell into that awkward spot in the middle of the pack. They went to toe-to-toe with UCO and then they were one and done at nationals so they'd like to get a higher ranking here and Dearborn is kind of in that Robert Morris situation they're ranked 23 but they still have a path to nationals through the auto bid and playoffs in the WAC that brings us to Saturday number five Adrian College women they are taking on number seven McKendry at Arrington Ice Arena probably see both of these teams at nationals but a win for McKendry would be huge to to bump them up a couple spots in the rankings because like we mentioned only 10 teams in ACHA women's get to go to nationals and you never know with some of those auto bids that brings us to the game of the week number 10 maryville university hosting number one in acha men's two university of mary at the maryville university hockey center herm i i like this pick for the game of the week i i didn't have this one on my radar we already mentioned you mary they will be playing at centene on saturday against lindenwood this is going to be one an exciting one and i'll start off because i normally don't do that but i'm going to take maryville in this one i think maryville knows how good of a team you mary is because you mary knocked off minot earlier in the year i think without that they might not take this game as seriously i mean you mary could skate with the best of them in men's division one they've shown that against jamestown and minot state so i think maryville on home ice is going to take this one but glick i'll throw it over to you for your pick I'm going to have to go with the opposite. I love a good underdog story. And I mean, you and Mary's just been very dominant this year. So I'm going to have to back them up here this weekend. I think they're going to pull the upset. That's a good point. I don't think you Mary gets to really be the underdog that much. So maybe they, they embrace that this weekend. Herm, who are you going with? I don't know. I like both of these teams in terms of Maryville potentially making a sneaky run in men's one. You Mary looking to be 
championship or bust. I think Maryville needs the win more, honestly. They pull it out this week. Wanted to let guys know we're obviously very excited to be heading down to the ACHA National Tournament in Boston uh, in a couple months now. Speaking with Executive Director Craig Barnett of the ACHA, he wanted to let us know that they're still looking to fill some opportunities in Marlboro that weekend. So if you are a New England guy, Massachusetts kid, uh, maybe Rhode Island, New Hampshire, um, they're still looking to fill some spots. If you want to catch the best action that the ACHA has to offer, plan on going to the games anyway, why not work them? They're looking for people to do PA, scoreboards, score sheets, music, all that kind of stuff at the New England Sports Center in Marlboro, Massachusetts. So you can actually contact the GM, Ollie. Uh, he'll set you up. His email is V-I-E-T-E-N at N-E-S dot com. Um, so if you're interested in working nationals, that's the email. If you want to follow up with us, feel free to send us a DM. We can get you in touch with the right people. Like we mentioned, they're looking for PA people, score sheet, scoreboards, and music for the national tournament to make sure that it goes as smooth as possible. And like you said, if you're going to go anyways and check out the action, instead of paying $10 to get in, you might as well get paid 70 to work a couple games and have a blast doing it and be right between the glass for some of the best hockey the ACHA has to offer this season. Talked about it a lot this episode. I think we're going to talk about it for the next three weeks. Question this week, I ask you guys, should the conference auto bid to nationals go to the team who wins the regular season title or the playoff championship? Glick, I'll throw it over to you first. We mentioned at the start of the show, Navy already clinched the auto bid by winning the regular season title. What are your thoughts on this? I think in a perfect world, it should go through playoffs. I mean, I feel like the just the fact that it's the regular season decides it kind of at some point, especially with a team like Navy that clinches it so early, kind of makes it feel like the rest of the season really isn't going to be the same caliber. But also, I can kind of see why it is done through regular season because the logistics of finding uh, transportation and hotels in two to three weeks for a team would be incredibly daunting. So I can understand why the ACHA does it through regular season. So it gives teams, they'll know earlier and much, you know, they'll know ahead of time whether they've clinched or not and give them ample time to be able to find those accommodations that they need. It's a really good point. Herm, I'm interested. The Bobcats play in a a conference with only three teams right now. So their conference does not have an auto bid. Looking at, at, you know, what you've seen in the ACHA, what are your thoughts? I was going to say first world problems here as a Bobcats fan, because for so long, so many of those top three CSCHL teams were going to nationals regardless. Like it was almost part of the schedule that nationals was factored in for Ohio, no matter what. Same went for the most part for Illinois, for Iowa State, for Lindenwood. So from my perspective, it this this was never really anything I factored in. I think Glick's argument about logistics, travel costs and everything, especially for so many of these teams that run on shoestring budgets is incredibly important to keep in mind. With that, I would say it probably needs to go the regular season champs. I've seen both sides to this. So I had already committed to Syracuse. They were number 18 in the country. They won the conference championship and they were the last team snubbed from nationals. And I've talked to a lot of guys about it. They talked about, you know, it was tough. Like they went on a really good run there to try to get to nationals regardless of what happened in the playoffs. Uh, But they said at the end of the day, you know, it it was really good for them to just kind of go out on a win. I think a lot of those teams that do squeak into nationals by winning their conference championship, we saw it last year with JCU. They had put up a heck of an effort to win the College Hockey Mid-America title, and they just ran into a really strong Maryville team. 
um, in the first round. And they, like, like you mentioned, they probably had to go through a bunch of fundraisers. I think the good news is people love donating to a winner. So when you win your conference title and you kind of are an underdog, people do love to chip in for that. That is kind of what the ACHA and these conferences are looking at. We don't want our conference representative to go and get blown out in the first game. You know, anything can happen on these three-day weekends. It's most of these tournaments are Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and a champion is crowned. I like the idea though of an auto bid. I think you just have to make I'm gonna be team auto bid for the playoff champion as long as you make your tournament competitive. So if it's a tournament where like every team makes it, I don't think there should be an auto bid because what if the team that has only won three games all year gets the wins the title? They just have a they you have a hot goalie. And then they, they're going to nationals. But I think if you make your tournament hard enough um, to win, um, then I think it, it, it's a no-brainer. Like, I'm looking at, at the the Asheville Conference standings right now. Like, we're on the outside looking in. But the teams above us would would compete at nationals. You got Pitt, Niagara, URI, Stony Brook. Like, any of those four teams uh, could compete at nationals this year. And uh, only one of them is going to get the auto bid. It's probably going to be Pitt looking at it now. But um, – I think it makes the conference championship just a little more entertaining. So I think it's definitely, I think, I think a lot of these conferences go back and forth every year, but um, it makes it entertaining, especially when you get conferences like the NECHL who doesn't auto bid Oswego States in the lead right there. Uh, but it's not guaranteed they're at number 22. So if they don't win the conference tournament, they're not going to nationals. Um, same thing with the CHMA IUP is number one in that conference. Um, if they don't win, they're not going to nationals either. So makes for some exciting hockeys, especially in those, uh, you know, conferences that don't get as much attention. Um, but that's kind of where we're at for this week. Like we mentioned, it's really fun time to, to watch the action. The action is picking up. So as always, be sure to tag us and everything hockey house pod related. Herm, any final thoughts as we pick up the pucks here? Bring some jerseys with you to nationals and uh, you might just buy our favor. Yeah, I, I uh, my parents are coming up this weekend. I have the picking up pucks uh, senior weekend in Cuse. What a wild ride. I don't know if this is where I thought I would be a couple of years ago when I first put on the Cuse jersey, but it'll be an exciting weekend. My parents are coming up. The Florida jersey came in the mail finally, and they are bringing that up for Hockey House HQ. The jersey orders, so you place the order and, and it takes forever, but you know that's just kind of the world we live in. Glick, any final thoughts this weekend? Heading into the Super Bowl weekend, exciting time to be in Philly. Go Birds. Yeah.